Hey everyone, and welcome back to Behind the Space Bar. Behind the Space Bar is a podcast for music directors, musicians, playback techs, really anyone performing on stage with Ableton Live. Today we are going full into tech. Sometimes we talk a little more esoteric, sometimes we talk a little more philosophical. You know, last week's episode, we talked about how to learn new software quickly, which could apply to anything. This week, we are talking specifically playback world gear. It's going to be really fun. So today's episode, I want to share four reasons why you should create a redundant playback rig. Um, first, let's define kind of what that means. Now, I'm using the term playback rig to kind of define the gear that you use to get audio out of your computer on stage. Now, if you're watching this as a uh, church musician, church worship leader, and you're familiar with the app playback or maybe Prime, uh, we'll include both of those in this as well, too. Whatever you're using to playback tracks, you got to have something to get audio out. You've got maybe a MIDI controller or something um, uh, can in your rig there. Uh, that's your playback rig. Now, should there be a reason that you have a redundant playback rig? Now, what does that mean exactly? Well, when I talk about redundancy, redundancy is just simply a backup plan. I have a bottle of water here, but once I finish that bottle of water, guess what? I have a AB redundant rig. If this bottle of water goes down, I move over to this bottle of water. That's redundancy, right? It's going to the grocery store and buying two of an item uh, and going back home and using up one. And when you have the last item left, you go back to the grocery store and buy one more. Or maybe you buy two more. Uh, it's it's having a backup plan. When it comes to live performance, it's having a backup plan. If your tracks go down, um, uh, then you have a backup plan to go to a backup computer. The most... Um, uh, like the most lowest level level of redundancy... Uh, this is something that I've done in the past. This is something I've seen folks do as well, too, is you have a computer that you're using uh, with Ableton Live on it. Something happens with your computer. You pivot to your phone running Apple Music, whatever, maybe running Playback or Prime, and you plug a eighth inch to two quarter inch cable into a direct box. That's your redundant plan. If your computer goes down, you go to an iPhone. That's uh, part of that's redundancy. That's most basic form. Now, the redundancy I'm talking about is a redundant playback rig that gives you the ability uh, to essentially take that time period between my tracks going down and them coming back up and take it from maybe a minute to, you know, the lead singer like riffing and uh, and trying to delay us and extend some time so that I can switch over to my iPhone, my iPad to playback stuff. It's taking that time down to instantaneously. So if my A computer goes down, my B computer picks back up exactly where we left off. That's what I'm talking about when it comes to a redundant rig. Now, a lot of people uh, back in the day, and this is still a valid solution. Still a lot of people use this um, uh, and it works well for what it is. Uh, a lot of people back in the day use the radial SWA. If you're watching this on YouTube, you, you'll see this on the screen if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. I'll add a link in the show notes here. Uh, but the Radio SW8 was essentially a, a direct box, and then it was a switching direct box, right? It could do auto switching. It could do manual switching. Um, and it allowed you to basically use two audio interfaces, connect. Oh, look at that handsome devil right there. That was uh, I forgot I did that video way back in the day. Uh, I'm surprised that video is, is still up on the channel, but thank you, Multitracks, for leaving that video up. Um, but uh, I walk through on this video here showing how to use, uh, create a redundant Ableton Live rig. Uh, I'll actually link that up using the SW8, uh, which was fun. I remember doing that at, uh, at Sweetwater, which was a really, really cool, cool deal there. But a lot of folks, when they think of redundancy, or at least back in the day, would think of the, uh, the SW8. But um, one of my favorite solutions to this, and in full disclosure, I do some work for this company. They're great friends of mine. 
Um, I think they probably have a video I did uh, for them as well on the site. Uh, the iConnectivity Play Audio 12. Um, if you've gone to Sweetwater site, you've 100% seen my video that I did for them. Uh, the Play Audio 12 is a, a redundant playback rig in one box. Now, people that have been around for a while or um, uh, people that, um, well, I'm going to choose my words carefully here. Some people look at this and go, well, how can this be truly redundant? Because it's one interface, uh, you know, it's one box that you're relying on. Well, that's true. And I know a lot of folks that uh, for redundancy on the Play Audio 12, they travel with a uh, additional Play Audio 12. I know some people that uh, like to live their life in a constant state of panic. They travel with two Play Audio 12s and a radio SW8. So if one Play Audio 12 goes down, um, they can use the SW8 to switch to the other radio or to the, the other Play Audio 12. It's a a weird a concophony of a crazy uh, mixture of things. Basically, Play Audio 12 is a great solution for redundancy. But here at its essence, um, what is a redundant playback rig? It's a playback rig that if your first computer goes down, it automatically jumps to your second computer, okay? Um, I suggest the, the path forward that I would suggest that you take, and I'm going to drop some links here in the um, uh, show notes, in the description of this video, where you can get to the SW8 as well as the Play Audio 12 if you would like. Um, at its essence, I would suggest getting a Play Audio 12. Uh, we'll talk about one of the reasons when we get to reason number four. I'll talk about a big reason to choose the Play Audio 12 here in a second. But I want to share four reasons why you should consider a redundant playback rig. It all comes down to answering this question before we get to the four reasons. What happens if tracks go down? I remember being at Sweetwater. This was probably five years ago. I was at an event doing a Sweetwater sales engineer meeting. Uh, and I was at an event with the band, The Digital Age, based out of Waco, Texas. And um, I was talking about the importance of redundant rig. This was pre-Play Audio 12, so I talked about the radio SW8 uh, and was showing how to set that up and do that. And uh, we got to a point of the show where BWAC, the drummer, said, you know, basically, if my computer goes down, everything goes black, right? If tracks go down, their show kind of comes to a halt. Things go black. Thankfully for them, I think it said that it happened one time. And for them, they were okay with just the space to take a little bit of time to riff, to talk, and then you know, get the computer booted back up and everything was great. But um, uh, essentially what happens if tracks go down, uh, that kind of leads to should you use a redundant rig or not. Here's four, four reasons why I think you should. Number one, um, if tracks are crucial to shaping the sound of your band, right? Uh, if, if tracks are crucial to shaping the sound of your band, then you should use a redundant rig. Here's a couple examples I wrote down. Uh, number one effects, whether that's vocal effects, whether that's additional elements that you took your song from the studio to the stage and you've added in some bass drops and some things that, um, can't be recreated on stage, but are helping add to the emotional element of the show. I remember, um, helping my buddy, um, uh, Adam Tico Hernandez for, uh, music director, guitar player for, uh, Lauren Elena. And he sent me a set and I was helping him with some routing stuff. And I was just listening to the tracks and it reminded me of what a good music director does. And, 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 uh, Tico did a great job on this. A good music director doesn't say, let's get the tracks from the studio and let's just blow them in able to live and press play. They go, how can we shape this emotionally? What sounds can we use? What, um, you know, uh, maybe pre-recorded things. We'll talk about that in a second. Can we use that? We're not in the studio to help translate this live. Uh, maybe it's taking a section that would be like a vocal breakdown and you do like kind of a DJ remix, auto filter, sweep, white noise thing, like something pretty simple. Those little simple things can take a song live and emotionally add just a whole nother element to it. Another example I see often is pre-recorded voiceovers. Um, typically someone will start a song 
uh, not typically, but I've seen a lot of times where an artist will start a song and their song has something to do with some social injustice or some um, uh, thing that the, the song has a statement. Let's say it that way. And in this particular song, they want to make a statement about a political thing or uh, a social justice issue or um, really just anything. I mean, it doesn't have to be something political. I know you should never talk about politics, but you know what I mean? It's a song that has a purpose. Um, and within that song, in order to drive home the, the point emotionally, because I think that's so much about what live uh, stuff is about and using tracks live. Sometimes we think it's about, oh, fill in missing musicians or uh, I'm going to play this drum loop so my drummer can play on top of it. Those are great. But tracks are often used as a moment to add a, a, a element, to add a um, additional kind of emotional moment, right? To, to elevate a song from the studio, to perform it on stage, to drive your point home, particularly those songs with, with a purpose, right? They're on a specific topic. Um, uh, you will have pre-recorded voiceovers. So you'll have something where maybe this, this historic person from, in, uh, from time is reading a statement, or maybe you're speaking against a certain person and you can play a statement that that person said that drives on the point of like, yes, that person's a bad person, or, um, we should be doing this thing. And you have this voiceover or whatever, um, that can only be accomplished with tracks. I guess you could do that in front of house and have the sound engineer have it like queued up on their phone in a YouTube video. And when they think they're at the right part of the song, they press play. But um, you could grab that voiceover. You can EQ it. You can take out the background noise. Drop that right in exactly at the moment that you need it for your song and everything would be great. Another example here about tracks being crucial to shaping the sound of your band um, is performing with musicians or artists that aren't there. So a lot of times artists will do um, uh, collaborate with another artist and they'll go, here's the song featuring this person. Well, that person's on tour in a completely different country. So they have them show up on a big LED wall behind them and they're playing and singing. Well, that person's vocals are in the track. They're not coming from a video. They're in the tracks. They've been EQ'd, affected. They're going to front of house where the front of house audio engineer has control over those, can bring them up or down as needed. Um, that In that situation, tracks are crucial to shaping the sound of your band. Um, number two reason you should use a redundant playback rig uh, is if you're using tracks to fill in for missing musicians. Uh, I saw this happen very recently. Um, this was uh, for Easter we were watching a NASCAR race and they had like an Easter service beforehand. And my buddy Matt uh, was on stage with Chris Tomlin leading worship and they had uh, drums, Matt on keys, uh, the, the worship leader guy, Chris Tomlin was playing acoustic and singing um, and then electric guitar, but there was no bass. Uh, there was a bass amp on stage. So I don't know the, I should text Matt to see what the exact scenario situation was, but we're watching it. And, uh, and I'm like, no one can really tell like people that don't know, don't know. They have no clue that bass really isn't there. We hear bass because they're playing with tracks. That bass is, I would imagine, a separate output to front of house so they can EQ it, treat it just like a bass. He may have even plugged it into the bass amp so that it showed up, you know, essentially showed up at front of house exactly where bass should be, even though bass wasn't there. And that situation, if tracks were to go down, suddenly the entire sound of the band was different because they were using tracks to fill in for a missing bass player. Bass player wasn't there. They were using tracks to fill in for a missing bass player. I think of a lot of bands that travel as like a three piece or something and they have keys that are tracked. Um, uh, these are both shaping the sound of their band and also filling in for missing musicians. Sometimes literally in the sense of like, instead of canceling the show, we're just going to unmute the bass part, filling in for missing musicians. But then sometimes 
literally being like, well, we're not traveling with a full string section of a full horn section. Uh, we're not traveling with a keys player. We're not traveling with a percussion player. So we're just going to bring those, those parts, those elements from the studio and use them in our song on stage. Um, uh, if you're using tracks to fill in for missing musicians in that sense, it's absolutely essential to have a redundant rig because if those tracks go down, you lose all of that. And if you're a smaller band, um, three piece band and you've got a lot of keys and string stuff and percussion stuff coming through to lose that. It's going to completely transform the sound of your band. If you're a great band, you're still going to sound great. It's just going to sound different. If you're okay with that, don't use a redundant rig, but you're probably not. You went through the effort to build it out. So go ahead and use a redundant rig, pick up a play audio 12. Number three, this is a sensitive subject for some people. So, uh, I'm not, necessarily not necessarily interested in a value judgment as to whether this is a good or bad thing but just simply stating the reality uh if you're relying on vocals and tracks you 100 need a redundant playbacker what i mean is if you're on the road with a pop artist or uh, a rock artist and uh, lead vocals are tracked either throughout the entire song or for the high parts if you remember uh mariah carey uh the rockin new year's eve thing and her in-ear mix was messed up. They didn't have their playback tech with them. And uh, because of that, you could tell that a lot of the really high parts that Mariah typically would sing live were tracked. Um, that's a situation where if that were to go down, you suddenly lose lead vocals. Uh, you want a redundant rig in that case, right? Which is super, super important. Um, it's not always just lead vocals. And again, sometimes people hear that and go, well, we would never do that. Well, yeah, but you're also not on a, a tour where you've sold out every single night and you have hundreds of thousands of people coming to your shows and you have uh, hundreds of people reliant on you being at that show to make payroll, uh, to pay them for them to feed their family. Sometimes you go, I'm okay with putting a vocal on a track for this one song because I can't hit because I'm losing my voice because I'm in a different city every night for you know six weeks in a row. Um, sometimes it's just BGVs. Uh, if you... Again, three-piece band, but you've got some great BGV parts, and you feel like if you were to lose that, then you would kind of lose the vibe of your your show, your music, then you need a redundant rig. Number four, the fourth reason you should use a redundant playback rig uh, is if you have a connected stage. What I mean by that is uh, maybe your playback rig is controlling presets on your Nord. Maybe your playback rig is sending clock to um, uh, your guitar players, uh, uh, delay pedal so that they can stay in time and they don't have to tap tempo. Uh, maybe you're sending MIDI over to your drummer's SPD or receiving MIDI from your drummer's SPD so they can trigger samples in live and you want to pull up the exact sample at the exact right time. Uh, maybe you have a keyboard on stage where your lead vocalist walks up and they put their hands on the keys and at the exact right part of the exact right song, the exact right sound is there. Um, that's called creating a connected stage. If you have a connected stage experience on stage or maybe even off stage, uh, let's go back to, to number one. We talked about track shaping and being crucial to shaping the sound of your band. If you're playing with a pre-recorded um, uh, track from an artist that's not there, you're probably showing a video. You're probably sending LTC to uh, a media server, uh, to a lighting console to, to trigger uh, that video and video playback and keep it perfectly in sync. Uh, if you're doing that, you've got a connected stage. If you're sending MIDI cues to control ProPresenter, sending MIDI cues uh, to control change um, uh, presets on a console, sending MIDI timecode to automate uh, snapshots on a Digico console, whatever it is, uh, you've got a connected stage experience. Um, in that situation, you 100% need a redundant playback rig because if 
playback goes down and you stop changing presets on your guitar player's pedals and suddenly they go to do like a solo and it says bone clean fender twin sound they're going to look back at you as the playback tech and say things that i can't say on a clean podcast uh and you're probably going to be out of a job so having a redundant rig means if that goes down we go to the b rig everything's fine it's good we're happy everyone's happy things keep getting changed we can do our work to get the a machine back up and then we can bring that up as needed so those are four reasons why i believe you should use a redundant playback rig here's what i'd love to hear from you um two two possible scenarios here if you're already using a redundant playback rig if uh i would love to hear why what's your primary reason for using a redundant playback rig maybe it's one of these four so maybe you know give me uh, a inflated sense of self-importance and pride by going you're exactly right will the reason we use a redundant playback rig is this or maybe it's a, a thing i didn't list here maybe it's to be spontaneous and have one computer have a song and another computer have a song and switch between them maybe it's that let me know in the comments of this video why you have a redundant rig or maybe two you're listening to this and you're not currently doing that and you're going um Will I get it? But here's the reasons why we don't use a redundant playback rig. Let me know that in the comments of this video. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can click the link to head over to YouTube to leave a comment there. Um, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, do me a favor, leave me a rating or review for this episode. This really, really helps. Uh, it helps it get discovered. I see the charts every week. Uh, we kill in South Korea. Um, a lot of people over there listening to it and you could see the charts as it goes up. I believe it's on the music commentary, um, chart. Uh, and I got this, this, this past week, I'm tempted to look up to see, uh, to see what, um, uh, what other countries, but I know South Korea is a big one. So those of you listening in South Korea, thank you. Uh, but wherever you're listening, if you can give me a rating or review, you subscribe to the podcast that really, really helps. And if you're on YouTube, do me a favor, hit subscribe uh, and hit the bell icon. So you're notified when I post new episodes of the podcast, and I post a new piece of content every single day. I don't sleep. Uh, all I do is record content all day, every day uh, for you to help make your life easier. And then finally, if you are using Ableton Live, if you want some free resources to help using Ableton Live, um, and particularly using Ableton Live on stage uh, a little easier, then head to fromstudiostage.com slash free. Get all of our free resources there. Just add your name and email, and uh, we'll get those sent right over to you. Thanks so much for watching this episode of Behind the Space Bar. We'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. Bye.